You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. We started a brand new series, right, called Culture Code, and uh, I'm trying to avoid preaching on a Wednesday night, believe it or not, but I can't. There's always something to impart, so I promise you there's going to be a flow tonight, but I want you to come with me to Daniel chapter 10. The title of my message tonight is Faith Laws, Faith Laws. Um, If you talk to anybody who's not a church-going person, or if you, you know, watch any of the you know, the fake news media, they, they will say, well, you know, we've got our science. And I guess, you know, there's a war between science and faith. And the way that they categorize faith is that faith is believing in something without any kind of, you know, data, without any science, you know, without anything really backing it up. You're just a delusional person that really, you know, had you gotten educated, you wouldn't be quite as ignorant. That's, that's the world's definition of faith. But I'm not sure, I'm not sure how that works because when I read um, in Hebrews chapter 11, it, it lists the champions of human history. Like we, we have laws in our courts because a man called Moses by faith went up onto a mountain and by faith fasted for 40 days. And by faith brought down with him the Ten Commandments that has framed the entire law that has civilized the, 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 the Western world, that has allowed us to end wars, avoid wars, that has, has allowed us to prosecute and keep the peace so that we don't return to barbarianism or uh, the animal tribal instincts of murdering one another and scavenging for food because of laws. I, I, I see guys like Elijah that literally turned entire nations around about. I see Gideon warriors. I see Joshua territory takers. In fact, when I look, I, I see that Jesus said, the just shall live by faith, that, but, that daughter, your faith has made you whole. The blind Bartimaeus was healed because his faith, that, that God does things by faith. And so I, I kind of want to make sure that if you're in this house, that you understand that faith is not believing from an unfounded position. In fact, let me just say this, that the, the Hebrew word for faith is, comes out of the root for the same word of truth. The, the word for truth in Hebrew is the word imun, and the word for faith is emunah. Emun is truth, and emunah is faith. God said to Abram, Abram, he says, uh, this time next year, you're going to have a baby, but I just need to change your name from Abram, Ab-Ram, Ab-Father, Ram, exalted. You're going to change your name from exalted father. And he's like, good, because I'm 99, I ain't got no kids. He's like, exactly. So we're going to change your name from exalted father to Abraham, exalted father of multitudes. And then Sarai, your barren wife, she, she is going to be Sarah because she's going to go from barren to fruitful when my ah, when my breath comes on it. So God takes imun, which is truth. And when he breathes on truth, it produces faith. 
So that's why it goes imun emunah. So all faith is based in the truth. Jesus said, thy word is truth. God is truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. So I want you to know that absolutely I have no apologies with faith. In fact, bring your science because your science will always back up my faith. But let me just tell you something. Let me explain something. Science is always catching up to faith. Science is always catching up. Today, with scientific breakthroughs, they're discovering truths in the spiritual realm, in the faith realm, in the, the, the word realm. And so anyway, so Daniel chapter 10 is where, where I want to land tonight. I've already wasted time. Daniel chapter 10, that horrible clock. It's evil. All right, come with me. We're going to read for a little bit, but this is, this is just really important. I, I felt like I wanted to impart to you a very, very powerful teaching. So Daniel chapter 10 says, uh, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was also called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. The message was true, but there was delay. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. He was fasting. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. So this is what's known as the Daniel fast. So in the Daniel fast, he ate no, no sugar, uh, no wine, no pleasant drink. It was just fruit, vegetables, and water for 21 days. We regularly do a, a Daniel fast. It says, Now on the 24th day of the first month, I was by the side of the great river that is the Tigris. I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of upas. His body was like beryl, his face was like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude." I don't know where we get these kind of skinny pansy angels that are pale with a white dress, a uh, gown, uh, sitting, sitting on a cloud with a golden harp from. This, he sees an angel. His body was like beryl. He was girded with gold of euphaz, clothed in linen. His face was like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of it. So we never do the Bible any favors when we paint pictures that aren't based in Scripture. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision for the men who were with me. Watch this. For the men who were, who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them. I, Daniel, alone saw the vision for the men who were with me by the river Tigris. And if, if you read the book of Daniel, they often went down there. That's where, that's where the captives out of Israel met. They were taken captive into Babylon for 70 years. And they would often meet down here. And this was kind of like the, the, where they'd have prayer meetings. So they met down there. And, uh, but he says, on this particular day, he alone saw the angelic host. He, 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 he alone saw the angelic visitor. They, they sensed something, but they didn't see it. A great terror fell upon them. They, they sensed something. They, 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 they sensed the presence of something. They, they, something was eerie. Something was not right. I need you to understand that the world that we live in has departed from faith, and so it'll try to tell you that there are only three dimensions, height, depth, breadth. But there's a fourth dimension, which is the spiritual realm. It's the spirit realm. It's the spirit. That's why sometimes you, you'll be in, 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 a, 
in, in a place or I've had it where I've walked into a home and the hair stands up on the back of your neck, you turn around, there's no one there and you know it's, it's the presence of the demonic. And you don't have to fear because we have authority over that, but there is a spirit realm. There's a spirit realm. Because Daniel's been fasting, when you fast, you deal with the flesh. So in, in Eden, Adam and Eve were spirit-led and the flesh was last. But when they reached out and took and ate from the forbidden fruit, everything flipped. Now we are flesh-led and the spirit quite often is, is uh, anemic. And so, so when you fast, you, you, you shut down the interference of the fleshly realm so that Daniel alone saw the vision because he's the only one fasting. So then it says, a great terror fell upon them and they fled, hid themselves. Therefore, I was left alone when I saw this great vision. No strength remained in me for my vigor was turned to frailty in me and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words. And while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face. Now, it wasn't because he was tired. It wasn't because, well, poor old Daniel didn't get his caffeine. I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground because he fell out under the power. He fell out under the anointing. So just the presence of the anointing on the angel, he was slain in the spirit because, you know, no one's freaking out and then all of a sudden find themselves asleep. He was suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the very first day, everyone say first day, from the very first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come because of the words of the Most High God. Oh, hang on. Because of, because of, I've come because of your words. I haven't come because of God's words. I've come because of your words. I have come because of your words. I not doesn't say I've come because God sent me. I've come because God commanded me. I have come because of your words. Let me tell you what the devil doesn't want you to believe. He doesn't want you to believe that your prayers on earth, your words on earth create activity in the heavenly realm. The devil, does, he, the devil wants you to believe that the heavenly realm is disconnected, is divorced from, is separated from, is not in unison with, is not congruent to things on the earth. But, but the angel says to Daniel, I want you to know when your words were heard in heaven, I was sent in response to your words. I was sent in response to your words. When your words were heard, I was sent because of your words. But, but the prince, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to you to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days to come. Let me just finish there. I know there was, there was more, but let me just finish there. So it's interesting. If, if that angel was sent because of Daniel's words, and then it says, and then he says, and I was left alone there. He's probably like, man, Daniel, are you the only one praying? I'm sent because of your words. You, you, you know, we've got a whole bunch more angels up here. How come, how come none of your friends are praying? 
How come no one else is praying and interceding? Quite often, quite often the, the, the cities or the towns that we live in, the greatest weapon of the enemy is discouragement. If he can dis- and the way that he discourages you is God doesn't hear your prayers. What's the point of praying? But watch this. He said to Daniel, on the very first day you humbled yourself to pray, I was sent because of your words. However, it has now taken me three full weeks. It has taken me 21 days to get through because the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. Because a principality, because a giant demonic spirit, a prince... A prince is, is uh, an authority over that region. The spirit over that region, the, 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 because they, they worship the gods of Bel, because they worship false gods, false deities, because of that, they, they were, the Bible says, because of the transgression of a land, many are its princes. See, a lot of people say, well, you know, I prayed and ah, nothing really happened, so I guess it's not God's will. Well, in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, I think it is, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, it says that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So, so delayal is not denial. The delay is not deny. So he says, because you didn't back up, because you didn't quit, he says, but because you were praying and fasting, Michael, the great prince, the great protector of your people, he was also dispatched from heaven. And he went to war with the prince of the king of Persia so that I was able to come through. And now I bring you this message. I say all of that to, to say this, that... You and I live on earth. God is in heaven. But the Bible teaches us that between you and I on earth and God in heaven is what is known as the heavenly places. The Bible says that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. When you pray, your prayers may, may often and should always be in line with the will of God and in the purposes of God. But whatever things you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. But why, why did the prayer not get answered? Why did it not get through? Because quite often we, unlike Daniel, gave up. We backed up. There, I believe there were a lot of angels dispatched, but they were blocked in the heavenly realm. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Uh, I'm going to pray for people in just a moment. But when Leanne and I lived in, in New Zealand, we got, a, we got a prophetic word that not only was uh, Leanne going to uh, be pregnant with our very, very firstborn son, Jordan, but that uh, the same prophet that prophesied that then also said, I don't know where you live right now. He was obviously South African. I don't know where you live right now, but I see you under incredible pressure. I see you needing things to be provided and, and God's going to pay your school fees. I see God is going to give you a home. And so, so we got that, that, that prophecy and we put it on tape. And uh, we had no money, and none of the banks would, would give us a loan, and so because we didn't earn enough. And so we, but we, we would go, and, and I remember driving through some of the kind of 
badder regions where there was, you know, like car, burnt out cars on the front lawn and graffiti and windows broken and, you know, kind of a lot of gang activity. It was, you know, much cheaper to buy a home there. And, uh, and so Leanne's going, what are we doing here? And I'm like, well, God's trying to get a house. And she goes, I don't want to live here. I'm like, well, where do you want to live? She goes, I want to live in Waddle Downs. I'm like, we can't afford Waddle Downs. She goes, we can't afford this. She goes, and besides, I thought you said God was going to provide. I'm like, oh, called out, called out. So I turned the car. I thought she's 100% right. It would have been a miracle to buy in the, you know, the gang warfare related area. So if God's going to do a miracle, why believe for that? Why not just go straight for Waddle Downs? So we, true story. So we drive down to Waddle Downs and Waddle Downs is right on the, the Manukau Harbour, and uh, you know we would kind of lay hands on on people's mailboxes in Australia. Your mailboxes in the the front yard of the house, and we're like Shabradar. Oh, excuse me, I said. <laughs> you know we'd be praying for their houses, and we'd be believing God. And and uh, anyway, you know the 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 days were turning to weeks. The weeks turned into months, and uh, this this and Leanne was maybe. Maybe a, a month or so out, she was about eight months pregnant, a month or so out from, from giving birth to, to Jordan. And I'm in the living room and I'm feeling the pressure to provide. And the house that we were renting, the, the family said, hey, listen, you're going to have it for about, you know, three years to seven years because we're, we're moving away. And then six weeks into moving in there, because the only reason I signed the lease was because I wanted somewhere where if there was a delay or a denial that at least we'd have a home for Jordan to be born in and stability. Well, six weeks in, they said, oh, we're putting the house on the market. I know we said three to seven years, but yeah, we've reneged. And so literally, Jordan was born on the 13th of July. We had to move out on the 14th of July. So there's unbelievable pressure. So now this is June, which is winter down under. And, uh, and I'm in the living room and I could just, I'm just under incredible pressure. And, uh, and as clear as I've ever heard God speak to me, he said, Jürgen, praise me for the house I've given you. And I'm like, <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to. Uno problema. Un poquito problem. I said, God, what house? I'd be glad to praise you, but... Uh, Duh, there's no house. And then he said to me, just because you don't see it doesn't mean I haven't released it. He said, get your wife in the car, go down to Waddle Downs and praise me for the house I've given you. So I went and, and woke up my beautiful Leanne. It's about 11 o'clock at night. And I said, baby, God told us we have to drive down to Waddle Downs and thank him for the house. And she's like, oh my gosh, which one is it? I'm like, I don't know, but it's one of them. And so, so I put my eight-month, my heavily pregnant wife in the car. Lulu, our dog, jumps in because she just loved to go for rides. And we get down and there's, there's a house that Leanne was believing for. And so, you know, we're, we're there and... 
And, and so we're just sitting in the car. We kind of, you know, pulled up out front, turned the car off. And we're like, Father, we praise you. Thank you for that. And, and God's like, louder. I said, he said, louder. Father, we praise you. He says, no, no, louder. I said, he said, louder. And Father, we praise you. And he's like, no, no, get out of the car. Stand on the front lawn. I'm like, I'm going to be arrested. I am going to be arrested or shot like this is. So I've got my pregnant wife, and we're standing on the edge of the front lawn, and God says, in the middle of the lawn. I'm like, oh, dear God. So we walk right up into the middle of the lawn, and he goes, now praise me. And I'm like, he's like, louder. I'm like, he's like, louder. I'm like, praise you, Jesus. And we're, we're both yelling. All of a sudden, boom, boom, the, the spotlights come on. The door opens and the, the owner kind of walks out in his, in his nightgown and he's just looking and here is, a, here is this kid with his pregnant wife, eight months pregnant, standing in the front of his lawn going, and then my dog saw a cat and starts chasing the cat around the house. And he's looking at this, and then Lulu decides she's going to take a, a break from chasing the cat and fertilize his lawn. And Leanne's like, I've never felt so embarrassed. I'm thinking, not only is my wife going to leave me, but they're going to lock me up. They're going to literally come tomorrow morning with one of those beautiful white coats, you know, that does up at the back, where both your arms are at the back, and put me in one of those beautiful cells that have got the padded walls. And uh, I, like, but he just said, just, and so we get in the car, and it's like, I'm so embarrassed. We drive, we drive home, go to bed. I'm like, oh, dear God, I've lost my mind. I have lost my marbles. But God showed me this scripture, and he said that sometimes what I need when it gets stuck, when it gets blocked, when there's resistance, I need an act of faith. I need an act of obedience to dislodge it, to get it through. The very, very next day, the very next day, no coincidence, the very next day, Leanne is in the, the grocery mart and she's pushing the, the shopping cart. She comes around the corner and there's a beautiful elderly lady from our church. And she says, she sees Leanne, she says, oh my gosh, you know, you got one month to go. She's like, yeah. She goes, oh, you know, where are you living? She says, well, you know, we're living there, but, you know, we're believing God for a home. And she's like, oh, where, where would you like to live? And Leanne says, oh, you know, we're just kind of believing for Waddle Downs. She goes, Waddle Downs? She goes, my daughter is selling her home in Waddle Downs. She goes, you should buy my daughter's home. So Leanne calls me and, and, and I said, did you get the address? She goes, yeah, they gave me the address. So we drive down there. It is in like the, a cul-de-sac it, right at the end, right on the water, and I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, if it was one of the other ones that we, we could afford, this one is. And God's like, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> stop ruining things. So, so true story. So, I've, I've got it for the time. So, I lay my hands on the, on the mailbox. I'm like, okay, God. And as I lay my hands on the mailbox, the scripture comes to me, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Some like, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the right, and Leanne hits me. She goes, babe, this is that sweet old lady's daughter's house. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. 
sorry, God, you know, so reaching my hand out again, and I'm trying to think of another scripture, and as I put my hand on the mailbox, boom, it comes back, the wealth of the wicked, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm like, Holy Spirit, stop it, I said, it's a sweet little old lady in our church, it's her daughter, now behave, and so I put my hand on the mailbox again, it comes a third time, the, I'm like, Holy Spirit, what are you, what are you, oh, and the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. See, what I didn't know was that her daughter, the reason she was selling the house was because her daughter and son-in-law, he'd gotten headhunted by a really big company and the promotion was in Great Britain. So they moved to England. And uh, so they were based in London and, and, uh, and then his company required he travel. And, uh, and he had a really cute secretary, so he decided that, you know, he would travel with his secretary. And I guess they must have been saving money because they only would, you know, uh, have one hotel room. So he has no idea. See, he, he's over there in England, isn't he? He's getting a little bit of crumpet on the side, isn't he? He thinks nobody notices, doesn't he? He's like, yeah, I'm playing the game, aren't I? I'm over here, my little wife, he's back in London. I'm traveling with my cute little foxy secretary, sharing a room, aren't we? He has no idea that there's a youth pastor back in New Zealand with no deposit, with no money, but a God who's going to provide a house, a wife who wants to live in Waddle Downs, laying hands on his mailbox praying that the wealth of the sinner, last time I checked, adultery was a sin, uh, the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. So, so the, the daughter had found out that he, what he was doing, and so she's like, that's it, divorce, I'm out of here, selling the house. So he flies back, and this sweet lady says to him, hey, um, I've, I've found a, a buyer for your, your home, and... So he just thinks, oh, well, the first two days, I'm going to catch up with all my friends, going to go to the pub, going to play golf. So on the, the third day, he meets with me. I meet at the house. He's like, yeah, you know, you're probably aware of, you know, what the price is on the market. I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of am. He's like, yeah, so, you know, I guess, you know, you're able to pay that. I'm like, and he's like, you know, it's, it's, Right now, the conservative value back then is about $200,000. I'm like, easily, easily. And he's like, you know, what would your offer be? And I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, I, we, don't even, we didn't have a nickel. And I thought, I've got to make something up. I said, we could probably do 100. He just throws his phone, starts kicking stuff, you know, saying things about my mother that isn't true. And I mean, he just, I mean, he just loses it, gets in the car, takes off. I'm like, oh my gosh. Anyway, because he'd left it too long, two days later, he calls me up and he says, it's too late for me to put it with a, with a realtor. Can you do 110? And I'm like, so I go to the bank, and, the, and the, the, the bank says, well, because of all the equity, it's worth 200, but 110, we think we can do something. But when they saw how little we earned, we only earned 18,000 a year, um, none of the banks would give us a loan. So one bank came close, but because we, we had no deposit. And so we, we, we needed a deposit. And uh, so it looked like it was over. Well, 
now the Joni, the, the, the old lady, she said, hey, listen, why don't you move in? It's just a matter of time. The bank's going to approve it. The, I made friends with the bank manager. He said, listen, I've got three mortgage insurance companies. All we've got to do is get one yes out of these three, and they'll guarantee the loan. I'm like, yes, because of all the equity. Well, the first one on Monday, eh. Second one on Tuesday, eh. Wednesday, nothing. And then Wednesday night, I go to bed, and he's like, well, we should here by 4 o'clock on Thursday afternoon. I go to bed Wednesday night, and, uh, and I can't sleep. And then the Holy Spirit wakes me, and he said, the mortgage insurance company is going to say, no, you're too much of a risk. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We've already moved in. Leanne is already ripping up the carpet, tearing off the wallpaper. I've got a brand new little baby. Um, I can't, like, if we move out, we've got nowhere else to go. Like, no, you just got to fix this Holy Spirit. It's like, mm, they're going to deny it. I'm like, no, no. And so I'm tossing and turning about four o'clock in the morning. I, I get out of bed and I, I walk down to the Manukau Harbor, which is kind of, there was like a little alleyway two doors down. And then I'm down at the harbor and the, the wind and the waves are tossing on the, it's just this gale force wind blowing. And I'm standing, I've got my hands lifted. I'm, I'm, I've got nothing left. I, you know, I felt like, I'm all out of faith. This is how I feel. I'm cold and I, anyway, that's how I felt, right? I felt torn. And so, and I'm, and I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking at the wind and the waves. And then I look and I see a fishing boat or I see a boat. And I keep looking, I'm thinking, what the heck is someone doing out at this time of the night in that storm? And then I look again, and I see a man walking on the water. And then I see him stop, and I see him go like this. And then I see one of the people in the boat get out of the boat and begin to walk on the water towards the man who was walking on the water. And then I see him going over the waves, and I see him look around, and then I see him start to go under. And I saw this other man run and grab his hand as it was about to submerge, grab his hand. And then I saw him pull him up, and I saw the two of them walk together and get into the boat. And then I realized I was seeing a vision. And then the word of the Lord hit me in my spirit, and he said to me, Jürgen, even if your faith fails, I'm there to pick you up. Even if your faith fails, I'm there to pick you up. So the next day, I've got to finish. The next day, four o'clock, the phone call comes through from the bank manager. And says, listen, I'm so sorry. You, because you don't have a deposit, because you earn too little, the, the only three options that you have for mortgage insurance, uh, you, we can't give you a mortgage. I'm so sorry. So I hang up the phone. I'm like, God, what do I do? And he says, watch what I'm about to do. Watch what I'm about to do. Now, out of integrity, I felt like the right thing to do was I needed to call. So I call and she says, listen, why don't you come over? My husband's here, but I just need to warn you, he fought in World War II. He's an atheist because of everything that he saw in World War II. He doesn't come to church. He's, he's very bitter. So I pull up at the house and I'm like, oh, dear God, I feel like such a fool, like such a fool. What am I going to tell Leanne? And the Holy Spirit, as I pull up again, he says, watch what I'm about to do. So I walk up to the door, and this man says, are you the, the, the young man buying my house? I said, yes, sir. He goes, come in. And so I come in. He goes, so what's the problem? And I said, well, I said, you know, um, you know, we don't earn it. Why not? And I said, well, you know, I work for a church. Why don't you get another job? I'm like, well, that's what I feel like God's called me to do. And uh, I said, you know, at home, and, and uh, my wife, and we move in, and we don't earn enough. And he goes, well, how much are you short? And I said, oh, you know, about $20,000. And he's like, wait here. And he walks away and then little Joni comes out with a 
tray with some lemonade on it and kind of puts it down. I'm like, oh man, like I just feel so embarrassed. And I hear the Holy Spirit a third time, watch what I'm about to do. He comes out of the, the bedroom and he's got a, a shoe box. And he takes the lid off. He's got all these socks in there, all these football socks. And he opens up one of the football socks and it's full of $100 bills. And he starts counting 1,000, 2,000, till he gets to 20,000. Then he puts all the other socks with other cash. I, when he said, how much do you need? I should have said one million. But anyway, I wasn't, I just, I look back now, but you know, anyway, and so, that was naughty. Anyway, and so he puts the 20,000 into the box, puts the lid on the box, slides it over to me and says, let me tell you a story, son. He says, when mum and I moved here from England, she was pregnant with our first. And he says, and I didn't have enough money, but I made friends with a builder. And he got commissions for every house that he built. And one of the houses that he built, when they gave him the commission, he gave it straight to us as a deposit and then he starts crying and he says in all my life I've been waiting to do this for somebody else he said go get the home go get the home so we bought our first house in New Zealand where the mother and father of the young lady selling the house gave us the $20,000 deposit so that we could buy the house. I, come on, stand to your feet, I'm finished. So, I'm out of time, they won't, they won't have me back. John's already doing this, I'm already in big trouble. See, God said to me, praise me for the house that I've given you. God had heard our prayers, God had heard our cries, He'd seen our faith. Delay, uh, delay is not denying. And I felt the Holy Spirit say there are some people here and you've become discouraged and maybe even despondent, maybe even given up on some things. And I felt the Holy Spirit say there are three flows that are flows, that are wells that flow in this house. The first one is from barren to fruitful. From barren to fruitful. If you're believing God for a baby, if you're married, let me just say, if you're married and you're believing God for a baby, there's a flow here tonight. If you're here tonight and you're believing for a home in San Diego, you don't need to move to Minnesota. You don't need to move to Arlington, Texas. You don't need to move to Idaho and buy a little potato farm. You can get a home right here, right here in San Diego. God's arm is not shortened that it cannot say. If you're, if you're facing terminal illnesses, I want you to know, we, we freak out when we see the C word, to God, cancer, it's, it's just as easy as a headache. To God, it's just as easy as a headache. Now, the doctors may have said terminal, but last time I checked, my God terminates terminal. In fact, even just for kicks, he'll wait till Lazarus dies, and then he'll terminate terminal. After Lazarus is even dead, Lazarus, get up out of the grave. I don't, I don't need to get here just in the nick of time. I don't need to do an intervention because I'm a resurrection God. I can do intervention. I can do resurrection because that's just who I am. So 
If you need a miracle tonight, if you're believing God for a miracle, but more than anything, I felt the Holy Spirit wanted to just impart faith. Faith. Not to give up, not to quit, not to back down. Sometimes, sometimes Leanne and I have felt for our own lives, for our sons, for different battles, different things, different diagnoses, prognoses, different things in our lives. Sometimes we felt the Holy Spirit, the helper, say, this, this puppy needs, needs another level of engagement, that you need to, to add some fasting. Jesus said when the disciples couldn't cast a demon out of a boy, and the disciples came to Jesus and said, man, how come we couldn't cast it out? Matthew 17, 21, Jesus said, because this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. That there's, there's, there's something about prayer and fasting that dislodges pesky demon spirits. That there are things where demonic strongholds. So, so sometimes if you're praying, 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 and you're not getting a shift, just, just, just throw in a fast. Just say, well, you know what? I'm not going to eat French fries, or I'm not going to drink wine, for, which is a tough one. I'm not going to drink wine for 21 days, or whatever it is. But, but, but let the Holy Spirit help you. Let the Holy Spirit help you because it shifts things in the spiritual realm. It shifts things. So if you're, if you're needing a fresh infuse of faith, I want you to lift your hand. If you're believing for a miracle, lift your hand. Father, I thank you tonight in the name of Jesus. Tonight in the name of Jesus. The ministry team is going to come in a moment, but I want to just pray corporately. Father, I thank you. L let me just say this. Let me say this with your hands lifted. Keep them lifted for a second. And the reason we lift our hands is I've got four children. And I used to travel quite a bit. Obviously, COVID shuts down travel. But when they were little, when I would come home after traveling and open the door, they would run to the door and lift their hands. And they weren't lifting their hands because they were worshiping. They were lifting their hands because they were saying, Daddy, pick me up. Daddy, pick me up. Hold me. And whenever you lift your hands like this, in the presence of God, it's, there's a pickup that's about to happen. And when God picks you up, whenever I would pick them up, I always came home with a gift for them. They knew that if they heard Daddy's footsteps, if they saw the front door open and Daddy had been away, that Daddy was going to be there with a gift in hand. When you lift your hands, you... Every time you come to your heavenly Father, you will always leave with a gift. He, he, he will never pick you up and not put something in your pocket, put something in your soul, put something in your spirit, put something in your life. So, Father, I thank you right now that there's an anointing on this house. You didn't join any house. You came to Awaken Church. At Awaken Church, there is a gift of faith that rests on this house. When we moved to San Diego, they said, hey, well, just understand you'll never own a building because there's no zoning for, for churches in San Diego. And besides that, real estate is so expensive. So just give up on owning buildings. We own eight properties. We own eight properties because there's a gift of faith on this house. And because you've chosen this to be your house, you, you, just because you're, you're in the familia, you're in the family, this is, this is your house, that faith can flow into your life. That faith is yours. The faith that pushes through, the faith that accesses. Father, I thank you right now for an impartation of faith, an impartation of faith, an impartation of faith. 
First thing I want to pray for right now, let there be a, a flow and a wash. Anybody that is facing anything terminal in the name of Jesus Christ, we terminate terminal. We terminate terminal. I speak to every cancer. I speak to every tumor. I speak to every terminal illness in the name of Jesus Christ. And we declare the terminal is terminated. We declare life. I command every tumor, every cancer, you shrivel up and die. Every cancerous cell in anyone's body, you leave now in Jesus' name. You leave now. In fact, I hear the Holy Spirit saying He's not just dealing with, with terminal. He's dealing with uh, there's someone with, a, with uh, a bronchial tract disorder. God is healing that right now. He's healing that right now. There's somebody else you have. Um, there's certain foods you can't, can't eat because of the acidity in your stomach. It's excruciating. God is healing that right now. God is healing that right now. Somebody else, allergies. You have food allergies. God is healing that. I prayed for somebody the other day, and they were um, lac not lactose intolerant. What's the one where you can't eat gluten? They were... They got completely healed and they've been eating bread every day since without kind of breaking breaking out and stuff. And so, Father, we thank you right now for that. We thank you right now for that. A any married person believing for a baby, Father, we thank you right now. We declare from barren to fruitful. We declare wombs open, wombs open, wombs open. We declare fertility where before that had been infertility. We had a miracle where somebody for seven years, for seven years, had spent uh, almost $200,000 on fertility treatments, and the doctor said, just give up. And right now, they're, they're five weeks pregnant. And uh, so the God that we serve is a miracle-working God. He's a God that can open barren rooms. Father, we thank you right now for that flow in Jesus' name. And Father, those who are believing for a home, those who are believing for a home, those who are believing for a home, Father, we release that in Jesus' name. We release that. We release that. We release that. Jesus said, all things are possible for him who believes. The disciples said in John 6, 26, Lord, what must we do to work the works of God? And he says, believe. Believe in Christ. Believe in the one whom God has sent. The greatest battle is believing. Jesus comes to, to Martha at the tomb of, of Lazarus. And he says, roll away the stone. She says, Lord, no, no, no. By now there's a stench. She says, Martha, Martha, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? The biggest battle in this life is believing, especially when nothing seems to be happening. Believing when there's a stone rock. Believing when the, the report is there's decay, there's decomposing happening. Believe well, you know, the economy is saying this and the banks have said this and the, the, the three mortgage insurance companies, they won't touch you. You don't earn enough. You don't have a deposit. Man, how is this going to happen? You've already moved in. You've got a brand new baby. You're going to be thrown out onto the street. But there's a God who responds to faith. Some people need a deposit. You just need faith. I found in my life, every, almost every building that we bought, when we bought San Marcos, the biggest building, we just spent $10 million on South Campus. Dr. Matt calls me and says, oh, oh, dear pastor, you got to see this building. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, man, the, your timing couldn't be any more lousy. We just spent $10 million on Eastlake. He's like, just drive on the property. So I thought, I'll drive on the property. That'll shut him up. I'll drive on the property. And then I'll say, Matt, great building, but, you know, we don't have any money left in our, in our. And as soon as I drove on, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you've got to buy this building. And I said, Holy Spirit. <laughs> The Bible says you know everything. You should know our bank balance. 
we just, we just uh, tapped out. We just spent $10 million. Uh, we have no more money. And he said, good. Now you're back to where we were when you and I started this venture. When you moved to San Diego and you didn't have any money, you just had faith in me. Thank God. Thank God that you can buy your biggest building without a dollar in the bank because last time I checked, I owned the cattle on a thousand hills as well as the cattle on, as well as a thousand hills. We just had a hero at it. Come on, somebody. We just had, come on. The God that we serve is a God where all things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. So, Father, I thank you right now. Let's let's have the ministry team come forward. If you if you need specific prayer for anything, come and let the ministry team pray for you. Come and get a breakthrough. Listen, if your if your life is not right with God, don't walk out these doors the same way you walked in. Come and see these ministry team people and say, Would you pray for me? I need to get my life right with God. I'm away from God. I'm far from God. I need to come back to God. I came to Hero and I put my hand up, but I never came forward. I never got one of those Bibles. Can I get one? We'll give you one tonight. And here's, here's the last thing that I felt. I felt like God was calling people into, into uh, just a greater connection with Him in prayer. There's a lot of people that don't pray because they're not sure that it works. And what wasn't in my notes tonight was that part of the Scripture where it says, and the angel said to Daniel, and I have come because of your words. I felt the Holy Spirit say, maybe there's some men that you used to go to the men's prayer meeting and you gave up, or some ladies who haven't made it to, or you don't know. But 7.30 tomorrow morning is the ladies' prayer meeting. But I want you to know things shift when you pray. Things shift when you pray. Many years ago, when I was just a baby Christian, I read the Archbishop of Canterbury. And they were interviewing him. And he was you know, very, very demure and proper. And they said to him, prayer, tell us about prayer. And he said, oh, he says, I love prayer. He says, every time I pray, coincidences happen. Every time I pray, coincidences, every time you pray, a coincidence will happen. But after a while, prayer, coincidence, prayer, once you get a big pile of coincidences, you're like, I know what's going on here. Every time you don't let the devil discourage you. Father, I thank you for those who have given up on prayer. Lord God, re, reinvigorate a passion for prayer. I have come because of your words. I was sent because of your words. When you pray, angels are dispatched. When you pray, things shift in the heavenly realm. When you pray, God responds. Whatsoever things you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Father, I thank you right now for an anointing. I thank you for blessing. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.